1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we reflect on a big night of international football. Scotland have to settle for a point against Austria in the opening game of World Cup qualifying. An acrobatic John McGinn effort sealed the 2-2 draw on a mixed night for Stevie Clark's side. It's now on to Israel on Sunday with all eyes on the lower leagues this weekend as pressure mounts on hearts. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Chris Burke and Hugh Kevens. The value of last night's Draw will only be able to be assessed on Sunday night in Tel Aviv If we win there and it's four points out of six Then it was a good start to the World Cup qualification campaign If we lose to Israel and it's one point out of six Then we're on the back foot in Group F But, as you said Gordon, what a great goal from John McGinn Celtic should have signed him, have I ever mentioned that before? (laughs) I'm going to cut you off if you mention that once more You mention it every night for (laughs) about the last four years So that's you, you've passed your quota already and it's six minutes past six Chris Burke, brand new to him You've never heard it You're the only man in Glasgow in the West that's never heard it Chris, delighted to have you along Did you enjoy the game last night? Loved it, yes Um, What I loved about the the team is is You can see with the Steve Clark team That they're always coming back from adversity Uh, They never say die Attitude is there Um, He's bred that into the whole nation And what a way to to get the equaliser With a fantastic goal for John McGinn He, he, He was quite Showed humility in his interview Saying he's never done that before But I've seen him score many a screamers And uh, delighted to have you on a personal level Are you a little bit disappointed You Kilmarnock players Did the international break come at the wrong time Is that ever, is that a thing Having picked up such a good result in the week previous I'll soon find out when we play <laughs> next uh, You know I obviously would like to build on momentum, momentum And yeah. keep, keep playing and keep playing and keep playing Especially with the result that we got Having a fantastic result Winning 4-1 against Motherwell and we're looking to build on that um, So we play Stenhouse Muir next And we can hopefully maybe get a good Scottish Cup run as well I like this duo One of the finest veterans of Scottish football Alongside one of the <laughs> finest veterans Of Scottish football journalism He's so disappointed Hugh Like I, honestly like um, a puppy, The puppy dog eyes when he came in And realised that although you're here We're social distancing ah, yes. And he's going to have to talk to you Through a pane of glass I'm so disappointed It's like the invisible Hugh I'm going to have to look across <laughs> To the right of me And I, imagine I, Your beautiful be. face there I've seen a picture of you You showed me I think In a tweet um, <laughs> the, the comparison of you As a, a, a young man um, And now You've not aged One single bit well, uh, Except from the open shirt I would say Yeah Young man with a perm And a beard Those were the days Yep, you're still rocking the Ken Barlow hairdo Don't worry, you're, we're on the home stretch 5th of April, you're booked in We'll be good to go We'll get that sorted out Right, 01419511025 What's on your mind tonight? Big game for Scotland last night What did you make of it? Clearly a 2-2 draw When you come down uh, you, you recover from being behind twice It's always going to be a bit of a, a mixed bag So I'm sure there were some good things Some not so good things What jumped out for you? Who was good? Who was bad? Who was somewhere in the middle? How does it set us up for the group? Clearly you want to get off to a winning start Is a draw a good point or not? Now on to Sunday and Israel So a lot to get through there Don't be shy, pick up the phone and let us know And if you do have club football on your mind Well I'm sure we would find some time for that as well Celtic fans, Aberdeen fans The news, the confirmed news that Scott Brown is leaving Celtic for Aberdeen Maybe that's the kind of story you don't get over in one night on Super Scoreboard And you'll want to have your say on that Hugh Keevans 
Um, would you give us a wee snapshot into what your thoughts are on that? I would have boarded up the door to Lennox Town and Celtic Park and kept them at the club. Uh, I think it's a real bad news for Celtic, uh, very good news for Aberdeen, uh, but Celtic are now at ground zero. No manager, chief executive is retiring, and now the captain, who has been the most inspirational figure at the club for years, is on his way. And he, for me, was the only true leader of men at Celtic Park. So I think it's a desperate day for Celtic and their fans. So that's clearly one of the big stories on the domestic front. That or anything else, pick up the phone. Let's kick off with the international stuff. It's the obvious place to start. It was a 2-2 draw on the night for Scotland. We fell behind. We equalised through Grant Hanley. We fell behind again. And then that dramatic, late, acrobatic John McGinn effort sealed the 2-2 draw Against Austria Hugh Keevans Overall sum up your feelings It was a A good point If it's followed up By a win Against Israel You uh, think? Yeah Only uh, Chris for me I mean if you start With a home defeat In the qualification campaign It's a disaster So That didn't happen Because of John McGinn But It's only a good point I think if you follow it up with a win in Tel Aviv I think that one point from six Were we to lose to Israel One point from six Puts you up against it straight away Four points from six That's a pass mark And that's a positive move forward Yeah I, I, I just I think um, a lot of people are saying Seven points from nine I think five points from nine Is a realistic point of view Just because You know Israel If we get a point at Israel uh, Israel play Denmark next um, so the maximum points they could probably get from that um, is four points. So I think if we end up with five points, we will be second in the group because Denmark look as if they're a, a class above everyone else. Um, and I don't think you can write off Israel. I think there's Israel, you know, Denmark, ourselves, Austria, that all fancy themselves mm. of qualifying here. Um, I think Israel, I think they're 87th in the FIFA rankings, but they're a danger to this group. Let's set the scene by hearing from the manager And then we want to hear from you 01419511025 Stevie Clark says they showed fighting spirit last night He believes it was important to avoid defeat And thinks the result gives them a good foothold in the group Resilience But also a little bit of quality as well eh? I thought it was a good game between two good teams I think when you have to come back twice from a goal down It shows the, the character that's in the squad It shows that they want to be successful for their country and although we wanted three points at the end, yet I haven't been behind twice, then I think we'll take the point and we'll move on to the next game. You want to build confidence, you want to build momentum. We haven't lost here at Hamden for, for a little while now, so we wanted to keep that going. It gives us a foothold, gives us a start in the group. Difficult game to come on Sunday, but we look to go there and play with the same confidence, the same quality that we showed tonight against a good Austrian team. The Austrians are a good team, but we competed very well with them. This is what they call the Chris Burke effect He walks into the studio and all of a sudden Callers from Kilmarnock are lighting up the phone lines Desperate to get through and make a point Stuart is on the line, hi Stuart Hi there, uh, how's it going? Not too bad at all, are you well? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you Hi Chris, hi hi, Stuart What jumped out last night for you Stuart? Uh, I think it was a massive game last night Uh, Definitely want to start off with a good start Um, In terms of the the line-up I think um, After the game Watching the the new defence in play, um, Andy Robertson um, and Tierney linking up well, but I just don't know. Sometimes watching Scotland, I think uh, Robertson kind of holds Tierney back, maybe not in his full potential as he does at the club level. Would you guys agree, Chris? 
Yeah, listen, the problem is with Tierney, uh, he'll play anywhere for the for his country and his club. He's got that attitude. He is a true leader. Um, uh, we have probably, arguably, the, the two left, best left-backs in the Premier League um, in England. And it's just trying to combine them together. But I think they work well together. Stuart, I know you're saying um, it holds Tierney back a little bit, but what I liked about last night is Steve Clark said it himself that he allowed the two outside centre-backs to drive forward into midfield with the ball. And Tierney's fantastic at that when he drives with the ball with sheer power. You see he can pick up three kicks, he can start an attack. Um, and then maybe Robertson will fill that gap. Or maybe that's why they play three at the back, because you still got Hanley and, and Jack Henry, who it was the other night there. But yeah, obviously you would love the, the two of them to be in an attacking sense at the same time. But in the same respect, you have to respect the opposition that were behind you. Uh, I still think that they're a work in progress, the two in the same side of the pitch. You still have to understand each other, but that will come through time. Is that a weapon, though, that although I can I can see where Stuart's coming from, obviously, that would you pref- because of the way Tierney was rampaging forward, you, would you prefer him to do that from a kind of left-back, wing-back position? But is it also a, is it a nice different threat to have that all of a sudden one of your centre-backs is, is rampaging forward? Because you don't get that too often. Well, I think Sheffield United probably done it best yeah. uh, last season in the Premier League. Um, and I think it's probably a, a new sort of a style of play that, that is beginning to come to fruition and um, this this last season, this season, and probably the season next, it, it's nice to see, you know, because it's hard to defend against. You know, who 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 stops that? You know, because you can break, easily break the line of the forward players of the opposition, um, and then if one of the midfielders engage, then you can play to the side of you, you can play to the middle, or you could play the the, the switch of play. Mm-hmm. So a player one two, and you then you've got that extra player in the midfield there, and you see that Pep Guardiola does it as well when he plays the opposite mm-hmm. left back. I think it's Cancelo comes inside the pitch. And he, he said he just wants that security in the middle um, to dominate the the possession of the game. So, yeah, no, I like I like to see it. That's what I really seen last night was as soon as Marshall got the ball, the first thing he did was look for Tierney and Robertson or Jack and O'Donnell and whoever it was, uh, they were driving forward with mm-hmm. it. Hugh was Tierney one of the standouts last night? Yeah, I mean, we're very fortunate to have Tierney and Robertson, of course, and how we use them. Uh, is a matter for conjecture among supporters, but Austria are a very good side, and uh, you know I, I wouldn't blame the defensive setup for either of the goals lost. I know that Jack Henry got a bit of stick for the the second one, but it's an outstanding header. Uh, so I had no complaints on that score. I just wonder if Stevie errs on the side of caution at times. You know, maybe one or two could be let off the leash a bit more. Uh, because we again managed to score two goals But we haven't won any of our last three games Maybe we need to, mm. uh, against Israel be a bit more expansive Stuart, who were the, the standouts for you? If we look at it from a positive perspective first What pleased you the most? Um, certainly of all the highlights players And McTominay um, playing midfield uh, Certainly also playing so good for Man United just now uh, I think it was the right decision to play him In his actual position um, And in terms of up front, you were thinking maybe with Adam start, would you go back to Dykes? I think Clark has been very loyal to a lot of players, and there's players in that squad who will, regardless maybe how well they're playing, they will be going to the Euros. You're looking at Stephen O'Donnell, um, he'll be going to the Euros uh, just due to obviously getting Scotland to uh, the first kind of major tournament for such a long time. But there's certainly positives from last night, and I think that will be a different squad. 
different lineup going into Sunday's night. Yeah, I mean, Chris, what's your take on that? Yeah, no, Stu, I just want to know. Obviously, you've called up about the left hand side. What would you like to have seen then from Tierney and Robertson? Is it a new formation you would like? Is it like how would you like to see them pairing up? It's a good, again. I know we've Scotland talked about it maybe last year. Would you? Oh, such a debate. Would you play maybe uh, Tierney on uh, the right back, play Robertson left back, or switch them about, etc., uh, or do what Clark's doing now, push Robertson forward with Tierney just behind him? Um, again, I, I just feel sometimes watching Robertson is a, just a wee bit of a letdown from club. Um, and I think Tierney is more effective in that way. Um, would you play maybe Palmer um, at uh, right back instead of O'Donnell and let him push up? I'm not too sure. But again, you're just I think Steve Clark is doing the best he can do. But it's just whether Tierney is maybe just getting held back out slightly, just a wee bit. Stuart mentioned Scott McTominay there, Chris. How much of a a boost was it do you think to have him in midfield how did he do last night yeah no he was terrific wasn't he he's a class act you can tell he's he's just man, a Man United player the way he handles himself on, on the pitch um, just the way he passes the ball into midfield with you know sheer pace and quality when you when you do that and at speed midfielders love it because they can take their touch quicker they can start the attack quicker and he's never ever afraid to take the ball um, he's a sheer presence obviously in, def- in the defensive aspect as well and Steve Clark probably got a problem because does he keep him in midfield now and leave Callum McGregor out again or does he push McTominay back and there's no Ryan Jack the in the squad back? this time as well so you know going forward nice problem to have maybe or? yeah well if there's one man that can deal with it it's Steve Clark so he said he has problems and it's probably a good mm. problem for him but he played that well last night um, does he Play him there again on Sunday uh, Thank you to Stuart and Kilmarnock Nice to speak to you Stuart Let's bring in Stephen Who's in Canvas Lang What did you make of it Stephen? Hi guys I've got a couple of points to make of that Sorry Absolutely um, First of all I think there's a lot of people Saying that they're quite disappointed With the result last night As they felt that Austria were there for the taking But I think there's a bit of perspective needed You look at how we've started Previous campaigns And remember they getting beat off Macedonia Drawn with the Federals And then the nightmare that was Kazakhstan Last night we had everything that's been missing at the start of the campaigns. We had character, bit of fight, and some real, real quality in midfield. I mean, I know John McGinn scored a great goal, and I'm in a wheelchair. They look like me getting tipped out my wheelchair when they fell back to execute it. But no, I think there's reasons to be hopeful moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, I like your sense of humour. I must start by saying that, obviously. <laughs> um, the... The perspective thing, Chris, it is a difficult one because I see where Stephen's coming from. We have started campaigns mm-hmm. dreadfully before, yep. and this wouldn't fall into that category. However, we, we're seeded third, if you like. You've got Denmark and Austria. To finish above them, are, are we not going to have to beat them at home? That, that's what some people's viewpoint would be. Yeah, well, the question is, is how many points do we need to qualify? Um, there's 30 points up for grabs, if I'm rightly saying that. Do we need 20 uh, points? That's probably six wins two defeats and two draws so you do have to pluck out a victory away from home as well you know one that's probably not expected maybe it's against Denmark maybe it's against Austria it's going to be difficult but you cannot write off Israel we've seen it in the past people are forgetting about this even though uh, they get beat last night 2-0 off probably a team that's Looking favourite to finish yeah, top of I, the group, so there's only one place left Hugh I don't know about what, what you're thinking I don't, I, I don't think anyone 
assumed that Austria were there for the taking last night. You know, you're talking about uh, a country who are able to play mm. players from the Bundesliga. I think Stephen means having having seen the game, having seen well, the way it panned out. Uh, you know, uh, as much as we go, you know, that wasn't bad, and they're a good side, and we showed good character. Our, if our ambitions are to qualify from the group, we, we are going to need to. We're going to need to beat the teams that are ranked above course, us at some point. Of course. My interpretation, quite simple. A, a, a win would have been an ideal world, but we got a draw. It's a good draw if we get a win in Israel. Mm. It's it's not a good draw if we lose in Israel, and it's one point from six. Because as I say, straight away you're on the yeah. back foot. Stephen? Yeah, no, I totally agree. We do need to win in Israel. I don't know if I've got a temperature to agree with Hugh Keevans, but no. <laughs> <laughs> follow me. Follow me, Stephen. I am your leader. <laughs> I definitely agree And I just want to touch on What Stuart was saying uh, The previous caller About the Tierney Robertson situation I would swap the two of them For the Israel game I'd put uh, Robertson in At the left side The centre half And have Tierney As a left wing back Because I think that If you remember the games Against Israel The boy Daza Seems to have Robertson In his back pocket Whereas I think Tierney can just Have that wee burst of pace And get beyond the full back And then Put balls into the box I think that would That would benefit us But Hugh's spot on If we win against Israel Then, then that, is, that is a good point Going yeah. forward Going forward In an attacking sense Chris You can maybe see What Stephen's coming from Andy Robertson Has had a difficult time Against Israel previously um, But who's the Who's the better Central defender It probably yeah. would be Kieran Tierney Wouldn't it His I don't think attributes Has Robert's never really played there Wouldn't have thought so No He's more of a left back Being asked to play left wing Back People think that's the same It's not the same It's It's slightly different in, in terms of where your starting point is, etc. So he's still learning that new formation as well. You've got to remember, even though he's playing for Liverpool, um, and you think just because he plays high up the pitch all the time that it's just the same thing. It's not. Uh, but I, def- I don't think I'd, I'd, I'd see Steve Clark doing that. Um, if anything, if he was going to do that, he would probably just play tear on the left wing back and play another centre back. Top man, Stephen, it was great to hear from you. 01419511025. The man of the moment, John McGinn. We'll hear from him after these. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Chris Burke and Hugh Keevens are here. They're both waiting patiently for you to pick up the phone. So don't let them down. Give us a shout or you can tweet at Clyde SSB. Started with last night's game. What did you make of it? Still plenty to get through on that front. Uh, man of the moment, as he has been many times for Scotland. Is John McGinn He's joking that he's just glad he didn't injure himself Attempting that overhead kick He says previous Scotland sides Might have crumbled going behind twice in a game Relieved Relieved I've not broke my neck <laughs> Attempting it um, I think I was lucky I thought I was offside I think VAR down the road has got a lot of negatives But the positive is You're, you're trained and you're used to Just putting it in the back of the net And, and deal with it after But A um, little bit unexpected But delighted to To kind of end my goal drought Both for Club and country, it's been a, a while since I've scored, so a relief in that sense and, and a relief to grab a point in the end because I don't think we deserve to get beat. Delighted and just a real important goal, but um, a real important test of character for us. And I think before we could easily went and crumbled and lost 3 and 4 1. And they're a good team, uh, don't get me wrong. It took us a while to get into the game and get used to it, but a little bit more belief. A belief that we're a good team, we've got good players, and we started to show that second half. So, a good point in the end and something to build on. Chris Burke, you surely must be one of Scotland's fittest 37 year olds. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Are you trying that overhead kick? What I loved about it was um, 
First of all, Christy done fantastically well to header that mm-hmm. as quickly as he could, or else he was offside. Mm-hmm. Um, McGinn is going towards Christy and manages to stop and then go in the opposite, opposite direction backwards again to flick it over his head. Um, and it, the ball wasn't even that high um, to get it to get the ball over his head when he overhead kicked it and to get it into the bottom corner. It was just something of beauty, and I think. He's, I like way John McGinn speaks Sometimes he, he doesn't do himself any credit We talked about arrogance here He needs to get a bit more arrogance into him When he's speaking to the press I'll keep his feet in the ground Chris The close up of the goal scorer Is shown on television last night And uh, my wife said to me Is that the wee boy McGinn That used to live down the road from us In Clydebank <laughs> and, in, and indeed it was Now listen He's a handy man He's got a goal in him and sometimes it can be a spectacular goal in him, whether it's for Aston Villa or for Scotland. Uh, we've had a lot of fun since November. It was all Boogie, Baccarat and Bedlam in November <laughs> when we qualified for the Euros. But we've got to get the serious heads on now. And that John McGinn goal could be very important. Is he establishing himself, Chris, as a a bit of a go-to man for Scotland, uh, you know that guy that steps up in the big moments. That in, in in all honesty, we've probably not had since I don't know James McFadden. I mean, we've had moments within that, like Griffiths free kicks and and so on. But that that guy that that regularly. I mean, in thirty caps, he's got eight goals. Yeah, um, from from midfield, is he is he starting to make make that kind of role his own? Yeah, well, that's eight goals I think in sixteen appearances that Steve he's been involved with yep. Steve Clark. You know, that's that's a fantastic record, and we're probably not even flinging assists into that either. He is the go-to guy, he's the guy that you look to if you need a goal, and that's why he always probably stays in the pitch for ninety mm-hmm. plus minutes. It's just whether where do you play him? Um, you play him in a deeper role, or do well, you play him further forward? Hold that thought because I think Reese and Air is on the line. I think he's got some thoughts on that very point. Am I right, Reese? How you doing, guys? Good. How are you? Aye, no bad, mate, no bad. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of points on the Scotland game, but first and foremost, glad to hear that there was no injury caused uh, to John McGinn last night, because <laughs> after the second goal, I nearly broke my telly, and after we equalised, I definitely broke my foot, so... By the way, I can sympathise with that. Let's just say Mrs Duncan, and because there's now a, a, a very young Duncan asleep upstairs... Uh-huh. There, there was there were a few choice words in my living room last night. I was booting the, yeah. the play mat around at one point on the living room floor, Reese. So yeah, I sympathise with you. I swear I was on the phone to my friend just as the second goal was coming in. I was saying, you know, this is just Scotland, just the glorious feel it will be. And then boom, just as I was getting that out of my mouth, the second goal went in. I thought, <laughs> oh no. But like my point on the on the team guys is, you know, I, I really think that Scotland should stop focusing on how to keep teams out and start focusing more on how to hurt teams. I mean, for me, I was watching um, O'Donnell last night, and I know anybody else would have put in that right back position. They're not going to compare to Nathan Patterson and what he brings to the team going forward. Kieran Tierney's absolutely fine for me, by the way. I would leave Kieran Tierney where he is. You know, I would almost keep him a centre back and change it to a four-two-three-one with Robertson in the left and Patterson in the right. However, Declan Gallagher probably preferably next to Kieran Tierney. Callum McGregor, get him back in that team next to Scott McTominay, the two sitting midfielders, get Ryan Fraser in the right, John McGinn has to play behind the striker because I think he gives you so much more than Ryan Christie. I mean, anybody that watches Celtic this season, you know, I'm, I'm a Rangers fan myself, but even in the all-firm games, Ryan Christie must have about 100 shots a season and you're lucky if he converts about five of them outside the box. You know, I just don't rate him at all. 
um, and you've got to have Che Adams up front for me. The difference in the team last night when that boy came on, you know, you could just see it, it gave it gave the team a full lift, and then we're going and we get the second goal. So Nathan mm. Patterson for me and the team for sure, and Callum McGregor has to return into that squad as well. I think uh, as a Rangers fan, uh, Reese, did you read that the comments from Stephen Gerrard that he agreed with Steve Clark that it was the right thing to leave Nathan Patterson out of the squad because there's no hurry. No, I 100% agree with that Hugh But you know At the end of the day This is a qualifying campaign And to get maximum points for teams I believe you have to put your best countryman out there And Nathan Parson is the best right back in the country What did Stephen O'Donnell do so wrong last night Reece That you want him out of the team I mean he set up the goal He had some nice moments against Champions League winner David Alaba I just, I just, I just, I say, skin on me, daddy, dad. I, I had to, I had to text my pal and say, did I just see that? Did Stephen O'Donnell just skin Alaba? Exactly. I, I just, Nathan Patterson's the best right back in the country, guys. You've got to have him in there. No, but you, you, it's not that simple. Nathan Patterson is still uh, at the trainee stage, if you like. I mean, it's very early in his career. He hasn't had 10 games for Rangers yet. Uh, and I think. You're running ahead of yourself Steven Gerrard agrees That he should have been left out of the squad Stevie Clark knows It was too early For Nathan Patterson Now to go back to your original point uh, I agree with you That sometimes for me Steve Clark Errs on the side of caution I think there's Enough talent on that side To be more expansive And I'd like to see us be more expansive Sunday night in Tel Aviv But Chris. didn't we know that That when Steve Clark took the job That that what it was going to be like we can't have best of both worlds. I don't think we can expect to be more expansive and to win football matches at this moment in time. We're at a stage where we've not, we didn't qualify for so many years. Um, I think you've got the players to do it now. That's the thing. You know, you've got a, a, a Premier League caliber player in that team, up and down. You know, if it, well, maybe not for back to front. We're kind of struggling with centre backs and that. But you know, for middle to front, we're a strong team. If you put Shea Adams in there as well now. You know, you've got Ryan Fraser, you've got John McGinn, you've got McTomney's. You know, I know it's probably too early for Billy Gilmers and Nathan Patterson's, but they would have been there for me. They really would. Armstrong had a fantastic game as well, you know. I thought I thought he was great last mm-hmm. night as well. So you've got a good calibre of player in there, Chris. I think you've got a, you could have a formation there that you could work with. I just don't know about the three at the back. And I, I, I don't know about the full thing, to be honest with you. I just think it could be a bit more... You know, expansive for his team and a bit more aggressive for the team. If we're going to be taking points in Tel Aviv, we need to be more aggressive for the team. But the thing is about Nathan Patterson and Steve Clark said he's a very good player. And as uh, Hugh said, that that Stephen Gerrard agreed with Steve Clark that he shouldn't make this make the squad at this moment in time. I think it's very difficult to be playing at international level when you're not a regular for your club. Um, he's still behind Tavernier. And you're right in saying what you're saying, Gordon, is what has Stephen O'Donnell done wrong? Um, I think he's a bit of an unsung hero at this moment in time for Scotland. The, the amount of driving force he does for the team in the right-hand side and gets up the pitch um, with either driving with the ball or running without the ball, um, it just forces the opposition back. And you've seen it so many times last night. And what a fantastic delivery that was um, for, to, to give the, the goal for Grant Hanley. Uh, I take set plays myself and... I did not see that coming um, to, to get the tra- trajectory on that And the power um, To get to the back post It was a fantastic delivery Even though people say That the goalkeeper Should be a little bit 
out his line or whatever and it's a high line it's still a fantastic ball and I think Stephen O'Donnell should get a little bit more respect than what he's getting at this moment in time Reese covered a lot of ground and some good debating points I think we could keep Reese on from now until 8 o'clock yeah, we we'd, we'd have a good old Barney about <laughs> it um, the other point though was about John McGinn and we've just heard him last night in isolation fine and then when you add it on to his previous games do we get the most from him when he's when he's pushed on one when he's a bit Closer to the, the the attacking side of things Well it's good options isn't it He can do that um, 70 minutes into the match Like Steve Clark done um, And I think Christy Again I thought he had a fantastic game last night I thought he played really well I, The thing about Christy is Again he's getting a lot of stick when he shouldn't And I know a lot of Celtic fans give him a lot of stick I think he's a quality player And Steve Clark wouldn't be playing him um, He's his go-to man behind Dykes You see it in the big games When they won against penalties in Israel and obviously they get defeated the last game against Israel, but it was still a big game and they used them behind Dykes. Um, he's great. Scored the goal, obviously. Yeah, exactly. In and he's great at manipulating the ball out of tight spaces and relieving pressure. Um, he can go past two or three players. He's so energetic. Mm. If you've seen last night, you know, Dykes was the number nine and, and Christie played behind. But Christie was probably in front of Dykes when the pressure was on, you know, to pressurise the back four of... Of Austria um, he's, he's so energetic And he doesn't stop running I think Again he's like Stephen O'Donnell One that doesn't get credit Reese, I liked it You've stirred up a few arguments You can come back any time That was Reese in air Let's hear a bit more from John McGinn Because I think Joe wants to bring up This very point He thinks Scotland were denied A clear penalty When Ryan Christie was hauled down And he thinks you need These types of decisions In close games I, I thought so I think the frustrating thing In the first half is um, We are so used to Trying to stay up um, so the way we've been, been brought up it's, it's not until you're manhandled that you go down and, and that's really what happened when Ryan was in the box it's, it's some, um, something you expect to get given in your favour in a European competition and unfortunately tonight it wasn't I think the frustrating thing in the first half was um, a lot of the soft ones were going for Austria and against us but in the second half when the big decision came it, it unfortunately went against us Great thing about Scotland duty, Joe, is we can be as biased as we like. We don't need to sit in the middle. How bad a decision was that? Hi. Uh, good evening. Hi, Chris and you. Yeah. Hi there. It was, a, it was a terrible decision. I mean, how could you not see that wasn't a penalty? He's got his arms around him. Uh, he's trying to turn and shield the ball, and he brings him down. And the referee was adamant with going with his hands expression, definitely not a penalty. I mean, everybody knew it was a penalty. I just wish the players would protest more. Now, maybe Chris can enlighten me here as why do not players do that? Is it an instruction clearly from uh, the manager that we don't get involved with the, uh, the official? Uh, because in a situation like that, it was a clear penalty. Although the play continues and you've got to focus and get re on it, that was a terrible decision. That referee should uh, be obviously penalised in some way for that, and by stepping down, I said a grade or whatever. But that changed. That would change the game. Yeah. Uh, it was an awful decision, Hugh, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, we have to remember here. We're talking about the World Cup, the biggest football tournament on the planet, and if you're the referee, you have to get those calls right because you are influencing the progress of the group. And you might do something that will later come back to harm, whether it's Scotland, Denmark, Israel, whoever. He was very, very poor for both teams. And it was such a sustained movement on <laughs> yeah. holding him back. I mean, we're on seemingly forever. 
And you think, how can he miss that? So, as I say, you know, he's not going to be penalised or put down or a grade or whatever, but coming from mm. where he did, the tournament being what it is, it was a shocking decision. Chris, it's one of those where, and I'm, I'm sure everyone will agree, that you can't even begin to think why he doesn't give it Does that make sense? Like you look at it and you think There is no conceivable way That it ends up where the defender Is not even looking at the ball exactly. He's arm round right The ball's coming over his head And he even ends up After holding him He ends up kind of falling on him And bundling him over Yeah I know It was a strange one Because usually When you play at that level You know Every slight touch is a foul Yeah And that wasn't a slight touch It was more than a slight touch Wasn't it? Um, and it was at the time Where we needed a goal Because Austria had just scored We were 1-0 down But Like Joe said um, You know Why we're not going over to the referee And, and shouting and bawling And asking for it He's not going to change his mind And Especially when you're in the World Cup Or playing in the European stage It's so much easier to mm. get a booking If you're giving that, Giving talk back to the referee So that's why And plus The way Steve Clark is Is to stay calm And keep at it And as you've seen You know They, they get a chance next From Armstrong Which nearly goes into the back of the net And then we get the goal and to, to go 1-1 one, one. So You know It was a penalty But another side um, Steve Clark did say It was a soft one Where the player Headed it into the back of the net How could mm. they see that As McGinn said yeah. And he didn't see The Christie foul You're right I mean the ref's obviously Not going to change his mind But um, My favourite theory of the season And because I've noticed this At every game I seem to have watched Every level Players don't protest as much In an empty stadium They don't do it yeah, because usually the fans do yeah. it for you. That's the thing. And that, do you know what? Maybe referees have struggled as much as players mm. in this time. Um, I think the referees need the fans back as much as. Yeah. You, as ju- much you as just wonder. You, listen, we'll never know and we can't change it. No, we can't. If, if 50,000 people roar at that, yeah. and then all the players feel that, and pff, you just wonder if it is a different outcome. I, I, I don't doubt that you're correct. Um, and it's regrettable. But I'm against the idea that you should roam in packs and go yeah. and get the referee. Um, you know, as Chris said, you see penalties awarded and you see the, the the hunting packs coming out, and you've always think to yourself, what do they think they'll achieve by this? Because he's awarded the penalty, mm. and he's not going to look at a committee formed of the players who are aggrieved and think, oh well, six of them think it wasn't a penalty. I'll just change my mind. It would have been different if it was VAR, so the players then could go in the hunting packs and say, can you yeah. check that? But they don't have VAR, mm-hmm. so they're not going to. To rectify early Joe my apologies We're running very late For the travel So we'll have to leave it there But hopefully we'll catch up Again soon That was Joe and Cleland And we're going to take More of your calls next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Chris Burke is in the building Hugh Keevans is here as well And they both want to hear from you 0141-951-1025 We are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB We're looking back On the Scotland game last night But if there's anything else That you want to discuss Then please do that as well It was a bit of a new look Defence Because Scott McTominay Was moved out of it Jack Hendry In there Grant Hanley Returning for the first time In a long time um, Here's what the manager Made of it Like you say New look defence So it's a defence I think the longer They work together The better they can be We can certainly Improve defensively Because we conceded Two goals We don't like Conceding goals The first goal Was a slow reaction Off David's save And the second goal We allowed the ball Into the box too easy But there are little things That we can work on I think the biggest thing Tonight is that We show good character we show we're a good team, we can compete with good teams like Austria and we're looking to carry that forward. He's comfortable on the ball, Jack. He hasn't had many caps, so he'll grow with experience. 
you talk about Grant coming in after three years out, but I think that was Grant's 30th cap. So Grant's coming in with bags of experience, Jack. He'll grow into the, he'll grow into the international game. So, like I said, a little bit of work to do, but we can, we can be happy with a good point. Inevitably, Chris, if you concede goals, you're going to look at it and say that you did something wrong and there's things that you could have done. Hugh said earlier he felt that although we were getting criticised for the header, he felt credit should really go to the player. It was, a, it was an unbelievable header. How would you analyse the, the two goals we conceded? How much blame should our defence take? So the, the the manager's right in what he says. You know, you don't want to concede. There's improvements there, uh, but it is a new a new backline. Um, I think, on reflection, for me, you know, Jack Henry and Stephen O'Donnell maybe went to sleep a little bit uh, with the follow up from the first goal. Should the keeper have done something? Mm, it's better? a bit difficult because the ball's bouncing and it's going through a, a ricochet of bodies as well. Um, maybe David Marshall will think to himself he could have maybe palmed it a little bit more to the right. But in the same turn, you're expecting your defender to follow in. Um, and it just shows, as what Steve Clark said, it was interesting, you know, he'll grow into it, Jack Henry. You know, Grant Hanley had experience. And you've seen that from the first half when the Austrian Austria player had the shot and Grant Hanley follows it in and clears it. Um, the, for the first goal, uh, the player has a shot. Jack Henry and Stephen O'Donnell don't react. And that's just the experience. And you'll grow into that. Um, the second goal... Obviously said stop the cross, but I think obviously that's small, minor, minute, you know, mm -hmm. criticism because I couldn't really see, it's a hard one, you know, it's a fantastic header, I liked the number 14, he was hard to, to mark as well, and Jack Henry was so tight to him as well, you know, maybe he should have just dropped a little bit quicker, um, so he couldn't get the header across, so, and it was right in the top corner as well, sometimes you just have to hold your hands up. Uh, Alright, let's bring in Archie Who's calling from Partick tonight What did you make of it, Archie? Um, first of all, absolutely atrocious um, Just the usual for Scotland For um, about 65 minutes um, I've got that many points I'd, I'd probably take up the whole um, programme To be honest with you um, can't, was, Before we go any further It can't have been that bad I mean, I'm not saying it was brilliant But it can't have been that bad, surely A draw with a team ranked above us well, I think that's the whole I, I think that's the mentality Gordon If you've got that mentality That's that's the, the sort of Subconscious mentality No but that's my point I'm not saying that's great I'm not even saying It's desirable But I'm saying there must be A gap between that And terrible or horrendous Or whatever the word was That you used hey, Well I was sitting in my mother's partner He's a Celtic fan I'm an Rangers fan He's got my glasses But we seem to agree With watch Scotland So I sat and watched it So Well I start for, for the defence To the midfield To the forward line First of all, the manager, in, in my opinion, as Gordon Dielwood says, a manic depressive is so negative that it's not about the players, it's about how he plays, you know. I mean, I don't, a blind man can see that we're crying out for a, for a winger in that whole game, right? He's played Stuart Armstrong, right? Who was horrendous, right? When the, when the guy's going for the second goal, it was like a, a big girl's voice, going to, he didn't even try to stop that second shot. Can we keep, can we keep it a bit polite? Archie, there's quite a few statements in there that I think are a little bit unfair. Archie, you know, is way, way harsh here. Uh, you know, Steve Clark doesn't get a free pass for life because we qualified for the Euros. But to go over the top about last night's result, as I say, for me, it's a good draw if we follow up with a win in Israel. It's a bad draw if we lose mm. in Israel, and it's only one point from six to begin with. But Everybody wasn't horrendous. And the manager, you know, the manager could be more expansive, as I've said. 
Uh, and he's got an awful lot of goodwill in the bank mm. following the qualification for the Euros, but he hasn't used it all up yet, surely. As, as I said to Archie, Chris, I actually agree. I think mentality wise, why not? Why should we not be aiming to beat these sides? But that doesn't mean it's horrendous or it's terrible. Look, there's a scale here, and you know, it, yeah, there is a scale, obviously. Archie's maybe in reflection can think that he's a bit over the top, he has to be a bit realistic. I would just like to know what Archie thinks. When Scotland ever had a good game then You know when have you seen Scotland play well um, When have you ever seen Scotland look as if you've enjoyed Watching the match um, You're saying you're crying out for a winger But in the, in the same turn You know we did have two wingers On the pitch in the sense of the way They were attacking you know you have Robertson Who basically plays on the wing And you had Stephen O'Donnell who was Basically playing on the wing as well so Say that again Who's been horrendous for the full season? That's one of my other points, right? Who? Robertson has been. See, see if you look at the England team, right? Yeah. They've done what Scotland do. Trent Alexander Arnold has been dropped out of the squad by England because he's not kicked the ball, right? And Andy Robertson, see, Kieran Tierney, I'm a Rangers fan, right? And I, and I thought when Kieran Tierney went, to, went from Celtic, I thought it would be overpaid. He's one of the best players the Premiership in the night. He was actually all over the park last night, even driving runs. The right midfield, David Roberts has did nothing for Scotland, right? He seems to think that, uh, my opinion is, he seems to think that he's, he can do what he wants and, he, and he's first man apart. Kieran, Kieran, Kieran should be playing left back and Andy Robertson should be dropped. That, that's my opinion. Well, I we don't have the depth of England, though, do we, Hugh? I get, no. I get the point, you know, Trent's not in form, fine, but the day that Scotland start dropping a Champions League English Premier League winner, We'd then be bombarded with calls saying what are we doing I'm sorry I just think that Archie is one of those people Who is uh, a terminal pessimist Mm -hmm. Everything's horrendous Rubbish The manager's this The players are that Uh, Andy Robertson is One of the best players to come along In the last 25 years for Scotland Uh, And Liverpool have had a bad season uh, By their own very very high standards And Andy has been sucked into that on occasion but as you say, uh, the day we start without Andy Robertson in the team, we must have found somebody brilliant. Patrick's managed to make Hugh Keevan sound optimistic and cheery. Yeah, I mean, nice. that, that's that's when you know that um, not Patrick, sorry, Archie has managed to make Hugh Keevan sound sound like a, a bundle of joy. <laughs> this is the this is what's happening. The thing is, when you you're saying take Andy Robertson out and replace, but this, in the same turn, the Austrian players would think. They don't want Andy Robertson playing You know it's a, They would have to try and Figure a way out To to nullify Andy Robertson But if he's not playing Then maybe they would think They could attack the right hand side more Chris um, as, I, as I said earlier You can't live on Boogie and Baccarat forever It was terrific in November But we haven't collapsed Since November It was a draw Against a good mm. team And it's where we go From now It's what happens uh, Against Israel, I think it's very, very important in terms of the, the start that we've made to, to Group F. Thereafter, you've got the Pharaohs. Now, whether it's home or away, if we don't beat the Pharaohs home or away or home and away in this group, then Archie can come back on and I'll sing along with him about horrendous and rubbish. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the slash football.
Beat the Pundit time It's a good way to end the week You come on here You take on Hugh Keevans or Chris Burke And you win yourself a signed ball It is that simple But you do need to be quick The lines close at 7 So you need to pick up the phone right now 0141-951-1025 And your chance to beat the Pundit is next Tackle the headlines 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Chris Burke are here It's 01419511025 To join in on the phones If you would rather tweet your kindest regards to Hugh Evans, You can do that at Clyde SSB Mixed response I would say To that picture we put up of you oh. One from the 1970s And one from now yes. And um, yeah, uh, let's call it a mixed response oh. There's some very unkind um, Lookalikes in there That I'm probably unwilling to repeat On this show Well Remember I was half the age I am now First of all And uh, Chris Burke has seen it And he thought it was a very sophisticated look I thought you looked really well yeah, I must say I, I thought you looked really cool um, <laughs> With the open shirt and that perm um, With the cool glasses I, I thought you looked fantastic You looked a bit a bit like grease or something like that You're right? far too polite honestly We'll change that out you very soon Right let's do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Don't forget, later on this hour, Hugh Evans and Chris Burke will be playing on behalf of you. They will go up against each other to try and win some lucky contestants, some big prizes tonight. But before that, we'll call this a warm-up tonight, right? It's Beat the Pundit. So either Hugh or Chris is going to be in the hot seat and who's definitely going to face them is David and Solcoats. How's it going, David? I'm not bad, how's yourself? Not too bad, right? I'll let you in on a bit of a secret here, David Hugh's obviously a veteran, he's played this about 500 times Chris Burt got a little bit nervous last time he played So I, And d- again Does that play into your thinking as to who you would rather take on? No, I'd, uh, my son wants me to play against you, so um, All right. I'll go for him What's your son's name? Lucas Is he listening? He's, he's here, uh, he's next to me Are you going to give you some help? So, um. I'll try Is Lucas a big Hugh Evans fan Or someone who likes to take the mickey out of Hugh Evans? He's a big Hugh Stevens fan oh, right? like, I don't know about oh, Hugh Stevens but Hugh, 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 Hugh Stevens he calls him He calls you Hugh, <laughs> St- Hugh Stevens You've been called worse Well you see If Lucas helps his dad That's Lucas Aid Oh <laughs> my goodness Right that's, that's it We've hit a new low on the show tonight We're never going to get any lower than that So we'll just move swiftly on And pretend that never happened Right I'm going to toss the coin heads It is Hugh Stevens and Tails it will be Chris Burke oh you're off the hook it's, oh, yes. it's Mr Stevens oh. up against David and Saul Coates. thank you Chris uh, Lucas Aid oh my goodness right <laughs> um, let's make Hugh Stevens disappear turn them off producer Callum David you have 30 seconds you're up against Hugh and you can pass if you don't know it pass quickly and we'll move on to the next one okay yep good man your 30 seconds starts no. Who's the Air United manager? Pass. Who scored Scotland's first goal last night? Grant Hanley. How many games have Rangers drawn this season? Five or six? Five. Who were the French team in Celtic's Europa League group this season? Uh, Lille. Who did Brora Rangers draw in the next round of the Scottish Cup after beating Hearts? Aberdeen. Name either team Alex Ferguson managed in Scotland apart from Aberdeen. St Mirren. Who's the only McGinn brother still playing at Hibs? Paul. Okay, let's bring Hugh Evans back. We'll give him the thumbs up that he's 
Good to rejoin us Can you hear us Hugh Kevins? I can Did you hear about the nasty trick someone played on DL and Wilson last night at this stage of the show? What happened? Now usually I press the button and they hear Clyde too Some, I don't know, some 80s tune maybe something from the, the, the 70s the 90s And um, that way they can't hear the answers But last night someone swapped it over And it was... How do I even describe it? It was a kind of saxophone music. Oh, jazz. jazz. No, 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 no. It was With. more like, let's say it was more like the soundtrack to uh, one of Gordon DL's movie collection. Oh, Benny Hill. Uh, no, not quite that either. Um, you know, one, one of those movies that you can only watch at a certain time of night, that, that oh. sort of thing. And uh, you should have seen the look on their faces oh. when they had that blaring in their ears rather than Clyde too. So Serves them right. No such them. drama for you tonight, but you do need to take on David and your 30 seconds, Hugh Evans starts when I get the questions ready, first and foremost. Starts now. Who's the Air United manager? Uh, pass. Who scored Scotland's first goal last night? Hadley. How many games have Rangers drawn this season? Five or six? Five. Who were the French team in Celtic's Europa League group this season? Um, Leon. Who did Brora Rangers draw in the next round of the Scottish Cup? Uh, Aberdeen. Name either team Alex Ferguson managed in Scotland apart from Aberdeen. East Stirling. Who is the only McGinn brother still at Hibs? Paul. Jordan McGee is the club captain of which Scottish Championship team? Um, oh, Alwa. David, have you done enough? Um, he's got the last one right. And- might be a draw Have you and Lucas Put Hugh Stevens In his place <laughs> Let's find out The first question was Who's the Air United manager None of you knew it Chris Burke Is that David Hopkins David Hopkins Oh of course I see the old Ayrshire rivalry there That's how Chris yeah. Burke Knew that one None of you got it You both knew that Grant Hanley scored You both knew That Rangers have drawn Five games this season You Oh, oh no you didn't actually You Thought it was Leon It was Lille Ah you were sort of close But David knew it So David stays Goes one in front Who did Brora draw In the next round I'm interested that you both Got it wrong But you both went Aberdeen I, I don't know what's in that uh, The answer Is Stranra yeah. Now the way to remember it is Think about that journey Yeah Serious Go and look that <laughs> up If you've got Google Maps out Search Stranra to Brora um, In fact where is it It's Is it at Brora it doesn't really matter Go and search that journey It's quite something Matters for one team uh, Yeah exactly Name either team That Sir Alex Ferguson Managed in Scotland Apart from Aberdeen You had the choice Of East Stirlingshire Or St Mirren So you both got it David stays one up The only McGinn brother Still at Hibs Is Paul Stephen's gone to Morton recently And you're right David It does all come down To this last one Because you're one ahead And you didn't get this far Jordan McGee Is the club captain Of which Scottish Championship Team Hugh said Alloa Chris, is he right or wrong? I couldn't tell you. I'm He's sorry. wrong. It's Dundee, ah. I'm afraid. I know Jordan McGee's family, big listeners to the show, so they'll have heard that one and be shouting at the radio. David, it didn't matter. You have put Hugh Stevens in his place. There is a sign ball on its way to Lucas. Good, good man. Well done. You. All the best. Brilliant. Well, well done. done, David. See you later, Lucas. That was a good effort. David and Solko. It's always like it when we end the week with a victory for the listeners. Leon, that's going to come back to haunt you. Oh. As a man who masters the French language on this show every week, you've, you've picked the wrong one. Jeremy Aldiadier. <laughs> Favourite name to say, right? 01419511025. And um, we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Doesn't have to be about uh, the Scotland game last night. It's understandable that that's what's on everybody's mind, but if you've got some club issues that you want to discuss, maybe there's some Scott Brown thoughts still out there. 
uh, then we'll do that as well. Paul Wilkie's straight on. He says, I hope the Shugster doesn't get the same Clyde 2 as the Mushroom did last night, or he'll be hot under the collar. I think it would be more than hot under the collar, Paul. I think we might need to stretch him out of that studio, but he's fine. Uh, let's bring in Patrick, who's in Newton Merns. Hi, Patrick. Mm. How's it going? Yeah. You all right? I had no bad to see yourself. Uh, 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 on last night, uh, uh, I think Steve Clark's in a, a bit of difficult position in the sense that um, he, he's got two of the best left backs, uh, arguably in the UK, uh, uh, and he's trying to fit them into a, uh, a defence. Um, a defensive formation. Um, where he goes with that, I don't know. Uh, arguably, uh, you could say he's made a rod for his own back uh, with Andy Robertson being his captain. Um, uh, in the sense that, uh, well, I think everyone would agree Andy Robertson's, <clears throat> he's had a really difficult season. Uh, the Liverpool defence is uh, more or less disintegrated in front of him and uh, he's had to take on all that extra responsibility now I don't know if that's got anything to do with his uh, playing performance last night or the formation but I think Steve Clark's got to be kind of cut a, uh, well, he's got to be given a break uh, in the hope that whatever he puts in place will work out mm. for Scotland. Yeah. I mean, Hugh, the thing about this is, it is n- not even close to being a new issue. Now, Andy Robertson made his Scotland debut 2014. Uh-huh. Kieran Tierney, I think, 2016. Andy Robertson's been in the Scotland squad for seven years. Yeah. And, yeah. and Kieran Tierney, not too <clears throat> far off. Stevie Clark will be the third Scotland manager, perhaps, to, to have had to do this. Are we ever going to shake this off, this debate? Or about well, how to squeeze them into the one team You know I just think that If you've got that type of quality It should be in your team um, With regard to Liverpool And the kind of season they've had Stephen O'Donnell has been in a motherwell team That have uh, been down near the bottom of the league uh, He plays very well for Scotland uh, Ryan Christie's been part of a Celtic side Who have had a disastrous season uh, But that can't colour Steve Clark's judgement if he believes that Christie has something to offer, then he must play him and disregard what kind of season Celtic have had. Uh, and I'm glad that Patrick said, cut the manager some slack. As I say, he cannot live on last November forever. He cannot live on that night that you kept the programme on till midnight because <laughs> of the, the reaction from the people in the city and in the country. But it's a bit early to say that the... The, the whole edifice mm. has crumbled Is it not? It's not perfect obviously And this has been Maybe thrust into the spotlight Because there's the recurring theme Or the recurring opinion Chris That Andy Robertson Doesn't hit the heights That he hits for Liverpool When he does for Scotland But are we not Are we not pretty much there Especially now that Kieran Tierney Has played in a back three For Arsenal mm-hmm. He looks very comfortable there So If it's a choice between that Or, or leaving one of them out what, what are you picking? I agree with you I think you play your best players um, And you put them on the field and Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson are the part of that. Um, we again, I said before, I alluded to it, that Robertson is playing out of position. He doesn't play left wing back for Liverpool. Um, he plays left back. 
Um, and I think Patrick said he's made a rod for his own back, making him captain, I'm sure. But I'm not mm. sure. I thought he was captain before Steve Clark stepped in to the job. Um, but listen, I think you should always play your best players. And um, they two are definitely there. Mm. I think they've started at the beginning. We could all say that maybe it didn't work as well. But I think you can slowly see the progress. Um, it'd be very difficult to leave one of them out. And then if you do, then is it, Patrick want him to play a new formation Patrick yeah when you said that he's made a rod for his own back about the captaincy is that you suggesting that if he wasn't the captain he would be left out of the team I think it makes it more uh, a difficult decision uh, mm. naturally uh, but, uh, I don't see how he can leave him out of the mm. team when he's you know if he's fit and able to play I mean I think that sends out the whole that sends a, a, a different message altogether. Well, we've spoken um, a lot this week about uh, Scott Brown. Yes. Celtic left Scott Brown out of the team uh, and now refer to him all over the place as a, a club legend and, and, and justifiably so. But, you know, if Stevie Clark felt that Andy Robertson was so out of sorts that he really couldn't put him on the park, then Stevie Clark mm. would leave him out. But he clearly doesn't feel that way. It's difficult because Last night wasn't brilliant There's always room for improvement mm-hmm. I would never knock anyone Who wants to come on and, and point out the things We could do better But by when we keep revisiting this it, it, it seems like the type of discussion We used to have after defeats And after mm-hmm. things had gone wrong We have made the Euros You're right We can't live off that forever And mm-hmm. last night it wasn't Wasn't brilliant But we got a point against a team Ranked considerably higher than us I wonder if it do we, do we still need to do we still think, need to worry about Tierney Robertson as I, much as we used to do no, when it was? I, I'm a little surprised by what I've heard since six o'clock tonight. I, I think the backlash is early. I think the backlash is uh, too severe. Uh, as I say, if we go to Israel and lose, and that would be four games on the bounce without a win, then you would yeah. say, well, hold on a minute. Bit early Let's get to Tel Aviv First of all Would you be happy With a point then Hugh? Um, oh you can't be Surely No no. Having said what I said You know One point From six Is a very bad start Two points From six Is a mediocre start Four points From six Is a pass mark I think Five points mm. This These three games Coming up Will put you in second place but Everyone will beat The Pharaohs though Won't they Everyone Yeah, yeah. yeah But not everyone's Obviously mm. They've still yet to play them as well um, I do think Obviously it'd be nice To have seven points um, To create that little bit of gap But If you're still sitting second Then It's in your hands isn't it Alright uh, Patrick Did you have some club football On your mind as well I did uh, um, Other than uh, Scotland And the uh, Republic of Ireland uh, Celtic's my main interest mm-hmm. um, uh, Do the guys have Any idea What's going on behind the closed doors? Uh, you know, um, Dermot Desmond has recently come out and made a statement that uh, you media guys, whether it's uh, Barrow or Hugh Keynes or anyone else, you know, these critics are in uh, no position to judge what they can't see. So um, Dermot Desmond made play of the fact that Celtic were in a very strong financial, uh, well, financially prudent situation going forward. And uh, 
do, do they think that um, he's quite right to keep the cards very close to his chest? What do you make of that, Hugh? Because I mean, I know Patrick says that the media aren't allowed to judge. It's not, it's not really about us. It's about the Celtic fans. Look yeah. at their reactions. Yeah. Do us. Uh, I mean, everyone knows that Dermot has a very low opinion of the media, and that's fine. We can, you know, I can live with that on a personal level. Um, but you're right, it's about the Celtic fans And his statement on the Celtic website uh, Was short on detail uh, With regard to the structure Is there going to be a director of football? Does he have any information to offer on the, the, the new manager's post? Uh, and at the end of the day In the commercial world in which we live Patrick is one of Celtic's customer base and I don't know if the renewal forms have been sent out yet for uh, the season tickets for next season, but the Celtic supporters, Patrick included, have to believe in the structure and in the personnel uh, b- before they decide if they want to buy or renew their season tickets. So I think Celtic will very soon have to show their hand on what uh, the structure is going to be. Right, we'll leave that there because I do want to squeeze one more in. Thank you to Patrick. Let's bring in Stephen in Bothwell and see what's on his mind. Hi, Stephen. Yeah, uh, hi, yeah. Hello, panel. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Uh, just to congratulate Scotland and uh, their performance last night. I mean, it wasn't the greatest, but to me, like, see when they went one 0 down, I just thought, you know what, it's going to be back to the same old, same old. Defending and getting beat one 0 with the odd chance, but I mean they came back. They came back after been down one. They got it to one each, and then they went, uh, then they got it back. Then the next thing McGinn comes up. Nine times out of ten, that had been flagged for off, offside. But nine times out of ten, we Christie's in the box. We'd have got that penalty as well. <clears throat> so to me, it was a good game to watch. I mean, I've watched Scotland teams before growing up, and I've just thought to myself. They're never going to get anywhere. But I can see like the players coming in and their attitude. I don't know whether it's Steve Clark, he's training, he's training or whatever he's doing. He said, but he seems to be getting the best out of the players and telling them if he's going behind, don't worry about it, you've got to go back. Yeah, I mean, the Euros has surely had a bit of an impact on that, Chris. You're joining up with a, a team that's not made a major tournament since 98 or you're joining up with a team that's got one in a couple of months. Must must make a difference. Yeah, and I do, I do agree. Um, Stephen says I don't know if it, but if it's Steve Clark on the training field, but definitely that is. I think he's made a connection um, between the fans and and obviously Scotland, the national team now, and you can see the progress that he's made since he's took over the role and getting to the Euros and hopefully now to a World Cup is 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 great to see. Um, again, we can all talk about where improvements is needed, etc. But. It does, it helps Gordon belief, obviously, when you know you're there. Um, got to get that, you know, you know, monkey off your back where you've not been into a qualifier for a long time. And now it does, has more belief and confidence within the camp. I think I heard Andy Robertson talk about it's like a club culture now. Everybody's happy to see each other. Everybody's happy to, to work for each other and run that extra, extra yard for each other. And that's something that Steve Clark um, did. He did it for us at Kilmarnock. He said, obviously, that they're down 1-0 and... And he still believed that they would win um, or get a point from the match. And I think that's something now that Scotland have in the locker where when we do go behind, we still show that we can still win the match. Um, Stephen, I think you also had some club football issues to discuss. What about your own team at the moment? Scott Brown's departure, for instance. is that Did that surprise you? I, I'm actually gutted at the fact that he's been let go. But I think it's just going to be a bonus for Aberdeen. 
Uh, I've seen somewhere today that they're talking about uh, Lee Griffiths joining up with him at Aberdeen. And I think the influence Scott Brown's got at Celtic with the young boys. I mean, he's been there 14 years. He's won every honour you can think of. And he knows what's coming through in the team. He knows what's, what was get, who was getting a game in the team, who wasn't getting a game, who was getting a fair crack at the whip and who wasn't. I, I mean, you've got players like Mikey Johnson. I know he's been out injured. Young Henderson as well. Two good players. Maybe even Walsh at the back as well. Just the amount of time Scott, Scott Brown's been around decades uh, in the first team and probably loads more like them. I think Aberdeen could be a, a force to be reckoned with next season. Well, I mean, you see the outpouring from all these former teammates, guys that, you know, the Kieran Tierneys and so on that you would maybe expect, but, you know, guys that have come from all corners of the globe and left Celtic a few years ago, all lining up to, to pay tribute on social media in the last few days. Stephen describes himself as being gutted at the news, uh-huh. Hugh Keevans. Yeah, I, I, I think Stephen will be in the majority where the Celtic fans are concerned. I think in under the current circumstances with um, debate over who should be the new manager, with debate over um, Dominic Mackay and how he will do in succeeding Peter Lawwell as chief executive, I would not have let the figurehead in the dressing room Leave the club I mean they now, say they tried to keep him though It's all, it's all right saying that But yeah. well, you know, if he wants to go He wants to go Yeah uh, And if that is the case If Celtic tried everything under the sun mm. And it still wasn't good enough for Scott Brown Then yeah. I, I wish him well But I think His departure Is a massive development In where Celtic's story is going at the moment It's a bad thing Not to have Scott Brown at this time I think Chris Burke Have you got your head around The prospect of playing Against Scott Brown In the red of Aberdeen Potentially yeah, next season It's so strange To see him in an Aberdeen shirt Won't it Because you You, you would mm. think That's all he wears As a safety <laughs> badge And that the, the, the hoops the, the green and white hoops I was shocked And surprised When I heard the news Obviously the weeks before, A week before Or whatever it is You hear little rumours That yep. he could be going to Aberdeen But you think No that surely can't happen Surely Aberdeen have showed fantastic intent to get him um, What a bit of business that is And it could arguably be the signing of the season of 21-20 Is it 21-22? Yeah. Already um, And it's haven't even begun yet um, But we don't know A lot of questions are in the story um, but Again, Hugh says it um, And yourself it, it could just be Scott Brown wants a fresh start He just wants a fresh challenge You know, he's been there for you know, Stephen says 14 years, won so many trophies. What is it? 22 20, trophies. 28 games and he wins a trophy. Yeah. That's under a season. That's unbelievable, yeah. that start. Um, I think there was another start. He's won more trophies in Paris Saint-Germain and Barcelona in the 21st century as well, which is an incredible start. And you just have to respect his decision. Um, and we just hope and wish him all the best. And hopefully his next journey is a good one because um, he's going into that coaching and playing role. It's just... Is the title a little bit bigger than what is going to actually happen at Aberdeen? Is he just going to still be a player? Because he's a great leader. He's a great manager on field. Um, For Celtic, it's terrible, obviously. But are they trying to get the bad news out first before then they can announce Mm. the manager? Um, He's borderline irreplaceable for me on the pitch. And I say borderline because it depends how much Celtic want to pay uh, to spend to replace Mm. him on the pitch. But he's irreplaceable off the pitch Thank you very much to Stephen In Bothell I have been looking forward to this all night Every night of the week I've enjoyed it more and more Hopefully it will be the best yet On the Friday We're going to play Take a Punt On a Pundit With Glenn's Vodka We've got some top prizes to give away And we're going to do it next 
taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Chris Burke are here. It's been far too friendly between these two since six o'clock. Chris Kevin, I'm great to see you, Hugh. And you look so cool in your picture on social media, Hugh. That's all about to end because it's that time of the night. I've loved this all week, I must say. Take a punt on a pundit With Glenn's Vodka The official spirit of the SPFL Please drink responsibly Yes, if you've been listening all week You will have realised by now We're giving you the chance to boost your game day experience from home By winning some huge prizes Today is the final round We've picked two contestants at random They entered online at Clyde1.com You can go over there, find the T's and C's And all sorts for the competition And they've now got the chance to win something massive The winner tonight will walk away with a brand new TV A sound system A signed shirt from the team of their choice Plus a ball A bottle of Glen's vodka £15 worth of takeaway vouchers And a pair of pay-per-view tickets for you and a pal How good does that sound? That sounds fantastic I mean, you, It's put under a lot of pressure yeah, though Yeah, exactly You See, don't I'm, know what a sound system is You wouldn't be able to no, work but, it But, but trust me, it's a good price I know I'm going to cost somebody a sound system And I'm going to feel guilty the whole well, weekend Don't feel too <laughs> guilty Because the runner-up prize Still bottle of Glen's vodka £15 worth of takeaway vouchers And the pay-per-view tickets as well So no one is leaving empty-handed Tonight's first contestant is Ford from Pollock Who's a Rangers fan How's it going, Ford? Yeah, I'm good, thanks Good stuff, and he'll be up against Scott Who's a Celtic fan Rangers against Celtic from Port Glasgow How's it going, Scott? Yeah, good, mate, how are you? Not too bad at all Who do you think's got the best chance of winning you these prizes, Scott? Uh, I'm not too sure I haven't, as you played it before earlier on in the week He did, yeah I wonder if the experience will count Left me me scarred psychologically Did you win? No Who were you up against on Monday? Alex Ray? Yes And he beat you, did he? Yeah, you should, you should be feeling bad about that, I must admit uh, It's been quite something throughout the week, honestly We've had different tactics, we've had some successes, some absolute failures Let's see uh, what tonight has in store Here's the way it's going to work Both callers are going to be allocated a pundit I'll then give the pundits a footballer And the number of SPFL clubs that they've played for I use the same example every night But it's worth repeating because it's easier when you hear it that way So for instance, if we toss the coin and I say Hugh Keevans, your serve, Kenny Miller Has played for seven SPFL clubs how many do you think you could name? We had a rehearsal and I yeah. said five. Right, five. So then you would go, okay, Chris Burke, can you one-up Hugh Evans? Can you name more than that? Well, I know the answers now, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it would be over to you to try and name them. If you don't want to, Hugh Evans goes up to yep. bat, he gets the pressure, and if he gets them right, his point. Can, if he gets them wrong, it's your point. Can I confer with my partner if we want to take it on or not? Oh, he's not your partner, he's against you. No. Oh, right. No, I think we put the pressure on you. It's just only yeah, decision the pre- making is coming on totally yes. from me. So okay. don't try and wriggle out of it. Right, here's the way it's going to work. Uh, Ford is first through, so I'll toss the coin for him. Heads, it's Hugh. Tails, it's Chris. And it is Tails. So Chris Burke will play on behalf of Ford in Pollock. You all right with that, Ford? Yeah, happy with that. Good, you've no choice anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Evans will play on behalf of Scott in Port Glasgow. So um, Ford was through first, so that means Chris is going to. Get to serve Or get mm-hmm. to choose First of all Here's the first player Now I just want the number At this stage Don't give me the clubs So the player is Rab Douglas He has played for Five Scottish clubs How many Do you think You could name Of the five Two You think you could name two Hugh Keevans How many do you think You could name Three are you letting him have it, Chris? Will we put him into bat and see what he's made of? Yeah. Go on then. Let's hear them, Hugh Evans of Rab Douglas's five 
Scottish clubs You need to name three Let's hear it Dundee, Celtic, Sterling Albion No Sterling Albion is not one Chris Burke has just sat back Done absolutely nothing And he's won the first point For Ford and Pollock Ford, it's easy as that isn't it? Uh, Scott in Port Glasgow The old fella needs to get his finger out for you now I sounded so confident as well. He did, didn't he? Still like Said me so much conviction. You had the choice of Dundee, Celtic, Forfar, or Broth, or Livy. Yeah, I only so, got Dundee and Celtic. So there we go. Was that your next one, Hugh Keevens, oh. as well? See? That's what happens. So Chris Burke's one up. Now, Chris, th- this is best of three. So with your serve, you could win it. You could wrap this up. Player two is Mark Kerr. Now, Mark Kerr has played for seven Scottish clubs. How many do you think you could name? Might be a bit of bluffing going on here as well I can barely handle the tension I'm exaggerating slightly Chris Burke of Mark Kerr's seven Scottish clubs How many do you think you could name? Two Two Hugh Keevens Could you do better than that? If I say yes <laughs> I'll, you... say, I'll say yes Go on then So you think you could name How Three. many? Three? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's a bold strategy You're putting them up again That's going to be good tactics for me just Chris Burke could win this Without doing anything right Hugh Keevans Mark Kerr's played for Seven Scottish clubs You need to name three If you don't Ford and Pollock Is the winner If you do You stay in it Go on then Take us away Kilmarnock uh, <laughs> No No oh. <laughs> Straight out Chris Burke Easy as that You've sat you back go. And you've won Two to nil Ford and Pollock You are the winner Well done to you sir Fantastic Scott Thanks. in Port Glasgow I am so sorry What you got paired with there No that's okay <laughs> Hard lines oh, how, magma- how nice is that Hard lines He was hopeless Scott And don't you forget To mention it to him Well Ford- I did put the pressure on you To be fair We're saying two all the time I could have said three Or I no, might have no, no, considered I told it. you Do not be polite to him all night If he underperforms You need to tell him Ford- Yeah you did underperform You Ford, you are the winner You've got the TV, the sound system The signed shirt from the team of your choice Which I assume will be Rangers A ball, bottle of Glens £15 of takeaway vouchers And a pair of pay-per-view tickets for you and a friend as well Happy with that? Absolutely brilliant Tell Chris he's welcome to my house uh, <laughs> Socially distanced You yes. sit in his back garden uh, Scott, um, yep, I'm afraid it's not the top prize But bottle of Glens vodka £15 of takeaway vouchers And a, pay, or a pair of pay-per-view tickets for you and a mate That's off in the blow yeah, we back. Right. Not, not too much. Not too much. Good man, Scott. I'm so sorry on behalf of Hugh Keevens. It was a dreadful performance, and Chris Burke is the winner. I could have sworn, sworn that Big Rab played for Stirling Albion. I could only get two. But I probably maybe even. Or oh, Rab Douglas, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot about Mark Kerr. Look, I had four for written down. You did. That's the beauty of it. I've enjoyed that this week. That's I might, good game, I might petition to keep that you should for keep future that. weeks. I think that's a really good game. Chris Burke telling to me saying you did underperform you said the man second bottom of the SPFL <laughs> they're, on their way, they're on their way back up now he even scored didn't yeah, he but that, I was cursing him actually when it went in I haven't seen him for months he scores a goal for Kilmarnock and all of a sudden he comes out underneath the bed how is life under Tommy Wright at the moment you, how are the how's the, the feeling down there at the bottom now that the post split fixtures are out yeah, but listen the camp's, the camp's actually good um, we're, we're, we're still confident um, It's not flat It's not negative The group have stayed together Since Tommy Wright have come in Obviously the points tally's not been Is what we would have expected Usually when you get a new manager in The points go up um, It revitalises a bit But our, our performances level's not merited the points We got a great result there against Motherwell Which was fantastic And I think 
if I'm honest, the fixture list has been a little bit kind to us. We've got three home games and two away games. So we fancy ourselves. Um, it's going to be really tight and it's really exciting down there, isn't it? You know, because you've got the likes of ourselves, you've got Ross County, you've got Hamilton. Um, obviously, Motherwell are just above us as well. And when you play each other down there, it's like mm. six pointers. And our first game is a game with incentive where if we win, we go third bottom here, not second bottom. <laughs> <laughs> How big a signing has Kyle Lafferty been? He's been great. He's been a f- great Breath of breath of fresh air. Um, you know, sometimes you need that little bit of life uh, back into to the dressing room and just to revitalise it a little bit. You know, as much so it's as not just not just the goals on the no, field. No, not just the goals off field and in the changing room. He's been great. Everybody knows what sort of character he is. Um, he just has to be managed well. Um, but you can al- have these allowable weaknesses that he has. Um, I told you it was all fair that he likes to play chap the door runaway with the manager. He chaps the manager's door and runs away. Um, but As you do. do you know what? Tommy Wright manages him so well. Um, he's a sort of he needs a manager like a Tommy Wright to make him perform the way he's performing. Does and Tommy, it shows that. Does Tommy know it's him chapping the door now? He does. He chases after him. <laughs> Honestly, chap door run- is that what they would have called it? Chap door runaway. You think we were just chappy? I think I was just chappy. Well. How were you? Where were you raised? I was raised in the Gorbals. Right, okay. Did was it such a thing exist when you chapped the tenement doors? Uh, we lived in the top flat. You were too tired. You didn't do it. Nah, right, okay. <laughs> uh, let's bring in Derek in Hamilton. Hi, Derek. Hi, how you doing, guys? How you doing? Thanks Good. for taking the call. Pleasure. A couple of points. If I could make the first one, and then I'll you know, get the reaction and come back to the second one. Sure, John McGinn, what a player. And that, don't, for say me, it. don't say it, Derek. No, honestly, I know where this is going. For me... That was the end of Brendan Rodgers oh. at Celtic when we didn't sign him. They took it for Peter Lawwell, maybe the, the ones higher up the rank, took it for granted the same way they did with James McCarthy. He's a Celtic player, he's a Celtic supporter, and more so with John McGinn because mm. his grandfather was the chairman and that. But see, if he'd have signed, I'm sure Brendan Rodgers would still be here today and we would have done 10 in a row. I'm not sure about Brendan and whether he would still have been there, but. Uh, it will As Peter Lawwell Leaves the building For the last time At the end of the season I think it will be One of the major regrets That he will have Because the order of events Was that uh, Celtic beat Rangers At Celtic Park Won seven in a row And uh, John McGinn And Brendan Rodgers Then had conversations About where John would play Within the Celtic structure And It did not happen And for Celtic Not to get the grandson of a former chairman who was a Celtic supporter from birth uh, was a shocking blunder on their part and it will, I would imagine, live with Peter Lawwell. Um, I've just got visions though that the year is 2053 as Scotland emerges from its 207th lockdown and callers (laughs) are still phoning Super Scoreboard to hear Hugh Keevans bemoan the fact that Celtic didn't sign John McGinn I will give you it tonight okay, on a number of reasons because of the Scotland thing last night Um, But it would not not have kept Brendan at the club because he was here for as long as it suited Brendan and when a a good offer in the English Premier League came up he was Mm. always going to go so John McGinn didn't cause Brendan to go, um, but Derek said you know he felt it was the, the kind of start of it, if you like. It was a, it was um, a, it was a major blunder on Celtic's part not to get him. We can't do it every time John McGinn does something good, Chris. But maybe where it is relevant tonight and in the last couple of nights, Scott Brown is leaving Celtic. Mm-hmm. Now I know 
that they're not the exact same type of player Not saying that for, for a second But Celtic knew this day was coming Celtic knew that Scott Brown would one day leave the club Do they have a replacement? Have they even come close to finding a replacement? Could that have been? Well I said borderline irreplaceable earlier um, It just depends on how much Celtic want to pay um, Was it 3 million or something they weren't willing to pay for him again? Less, less Is it less than yeah. that? And that would have been a snippet of probably the player they have to replace now um, the excess amount of money that are going to have to, you know, take the take over from Scott Brown. Yeah, because that that feeds into that more general point, Derek. About you know not only John again. What about Scott Brown? How do you feel about him moving on? I'm actually gutted that he's moving. Uh, I would have loved him to stay and and had that kind of role at Celtic. But I'm just hoping, like Billy McNeil, who ended up being manager of Aberdeen, that maybe he can come back one day and you know. The thing about Billy, Billy went to Aberdeen um, from Clyde, where he had managed briefly. And you know, Billy went back to Celtic, a time-served manager, if you like. Uh, Scott's going to the coaching setup, and his future will, to an extent, depend on Stephen Glass's future because Stephen Glass has to prove himself to be a success first of all. Because the Aberdeen supporters, um, I, I don't believe that anyone will will be. Uh, abusive towards Scott Brown Because they didn't like The interaction between him and the Aberdeen fans uh, They'll get over that If things are going well They won't get over it If things are not going well So Stephen Glass first of all Has to be a success Derek What about the manager? I feel like Roy Keane is the most popular name On social media And by popular I don't necessarily mean Because everyone wants him for the job I mean he's the most talked about at the moment well, that, that's what I was wanting to ask you and, and ask Chris as well. I mean, obviously Chris has played under some excellent managers in his career. Roy Keane, he's maybe not he's maybe not everybody's cup of tea, but to me, football players are too pampered nowadays and maybe we need the fear factor from the manager. Uh, I just wondered what, what you and what Chris felt. For me, on a purely personal level, uh, I would not have Roy Keane. Uh, and again, as I say, it's purely personal, but I think 10 years out of management should, in the first place, uh, make him out of the running. Uh, I do not think the confrontational style, Derek, is what modern day players adapt to and accept. I don't think it would go down well in the dressing room and Celtic are in a position now where the rebuild in the summer will have to be mm. massive and that, that you need someone there Cool head And not confrontational And for me I don't think Roy Keane Will play well With the majority Of the Celtic season ticket holders I mean obviously Chris We don't know exactly What that managerial style Would be like But people feel like They can draw conclusions Because you've seen him as a player You've mm -hmm. seen him as a pundit You've heard stories So We're speculating to an extent But Derek's Feeling is You modern players Aren't molly coddled you know, need that, need a rocket, need a kick up the backside. Is that is that right? Or? I I don't think that's the way to go about things now. Um, just I've played through a few, maybe two generations, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember now. I'm that old, still playing football. But I've seen a change and I've seen a shift. Really? Yeah, I have. You know, the days of myself, um, Scott Brown, um, you know, maybe you know Arfield, Davis, McGregor, uh, these sort of players are gone. Um, once they go, they go, and it's just a new generation Z. You know, it's in, in what way then? Because I'm, I'm interested you, you, in that insight. Like, you, you just have to 
explain to them these are the reasons what you have to do in the game and this is why um, to get better rather than saying you should do this um, there has to be more coaching involved and you have to give the reasoning behind the coaching for them to understand Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it helps you as a person um, throughout to, to be more calmer um, there is a time when you have to say and tell the player that you're not doing your job properly and probably maybe dropping the player or just leaving them out um, is a way of shouting at them which would have been back in the day for the reaction because um, every player to hurt them the most is just not to play them um, you have to it's, it's, it's the way of life now isn't it you have to speak to people in a different way yeah. or else they take more offence to it um, and that's up to then the manager we're saying, talking about Roy Keane he can't manage the modern day player but I know you are saying that um, it's just who he brings in so get the right people around yeah. about him and that's why I think John Kennedy is so important to be still there at Celtic next season I like that insight because most people and I'm generalising here but most veterans would say ah, you know it was better in my day and you know you, you got a kick up the backside and it didn't do me any harm and, and that's the way it should be now but actually having lived through it all you 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 don't think it that's right uh, it won't work it just i don't i don't believe mm. it will work and everybody has their different views mm. but i believe that will not work we're going to have to leave it there derek some thoughtful uh, stuff from the panel or we'll take more of your calls next number 1 for football in glasgow and the west 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final parts of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Chris Burton, Hugh Keevans It's a bit tense in here after that competition I feel like they've fallen out a, a little bit um, But we'll see if we can patch it up between now and the end of the show Which is fast approaching actually So enough of me rabbiting on Let's bring in um, John Who's in Bishop Briggs Actually the screen's got a very official title It's Mr John uh, Mr John Spinelli Mr. John. Yeah like he's, he's given us his, his full title Which is all good Mr Spinelli Take us away Hi good evening It was just obviously uh, I've been a Celtic supporter for years And I'm absolutely gobsmacked at The way and where the club is going And at the moment To allow a player of Scott Brown's calibre to go I listen to you a lot I listen to your programme every night And uh, Hugh talks a lot of sense uh, But I can't for the life of me think why they're letting the guy go. And I think the fact that they turn around and give him a one-year deal, I think that says all. You know, a one-year deal for what? A one-year deal still to play as a player. Why not throw a two-, three-year deal at him to get into coaching? But it's, I'm absolutely gobsmacked about where we're going and what's happening and the lack, the extreme lack of... Uh, information for the supporters I mean Hugh we said it earlier Peter Lowell says they, they tried we'll never mm-hmm. know exactly what there was an offer there from Celtic you know I yeah. think that's that's well known John wanted them to to try harder I guess we, we'll never know exactly if that was possible and to be fair as much as Scott Brown's important can you give someone at his age a three year deal and John mentions coaching when well, you, don't, you're saying you, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't you don't know who who the new manager is Who might might not want him as a coach I have to take uh, Peter Lawwell's words At face value uh, I can't say Ah no they didn't Because I don't know If the chief executive says We tried everything in our power To hold him And he's gone Then I have to accept that At face value I Read into Scott's words And it's all amateur psychology John forgive me for the amateur psychology But it's all we have at our disposal 
And when he talks about Celtic will be forever in my heart Etc, etc I wonder if he's off there To learn his trade at Petaudry And come back to Celtic uh, In the not too distant future mm. Again that's conjecture on my part But where you strike a chord John Is by saying where are they going What's happening here Celtic need to get a, a complete infrastructure in place the, you know, and whoever comes in is John Kennedy still part of it, uh, or or is it everyone out now and a fresh team come in? Will there be a director of football? Who is the manager? And if you choose that man, why have you chosen that man? Is he a modern forward-thinking person, or is he someone like Roy Keane who hasn't managed in a decade? John, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you, you could you could bring. Uh, I mean, the classic example is uh, managers, uh, Stephen Gerrard. I mean, the, the young chap, uh, no experience as a manager, and he's actually done magnificent over at Rangers. And so it's proof, proof of the pudding is that you, you don't need to have a great deal of experience. It just, you, you could come in and, uh, and it can be really, you can be excellent. You could come in with a great pedigree and fall fat, you know, flat in your face. Mm-hmm. But I think the other point, if you don't mind what to say to Hugh, was obviously Hugh's touched on it a few times. And the thing that really baffles me from a business point of view, to allow the club to slip the way they've allowed it to slip, to allow the fact that uh, Scott Brown, with the calibre of player he is, not to have a replacement for him. Uh, you've got the, the other young chap there, uh, the young chap Burke, who I believe earlier on you'd mentioned he was 36 or 37. I don't know if I'm yep. talking out of place with that. De- Johnny's delighted you've referred to him as the young chap. Well, he is a young chap compared <laughs> to me. I can give him 50 years because I'm 76. <laughs> but uh, it's just the fact that uh, when I look at some of the games he plays, he's still a terrific player. Uh, and there can always be a place for him there. And I understand that Scott maybe wants to move on to pastures new, but it's just the business side of it. It's has hit the nail on the head a few times that they'll let it slide the way they've done. Uh, you just wonder what's going on. You know, we've got a 60,000 capacity season ticket with probably 18, 20,000 uh, there and, and a waiting list. Uh, and to, to let it slip like that, I, I'm just baffled from the business side of it, you know. Uh, there has to be, John, an element of complacency about it for me. Um, there was an assumption made about various things about Brendan Rogers, but Brendan went off, as is his prerogative. Uh, I think there were the, the recruitment has been nothing short of awful, with the exception of David Turnbull and Greg Taylor, to my way of thinking. Uh, and they've just let it slide And they've gone in for a bout of sleepwalking And all was not well within the dressing room From the moment uh, Neil Lennon ripped him apart After losing to Ferencvaros The season has been one long, continuous tale of getting things wrong But you said earlier that Stephen Gerrard had hit the ground running And Stephen Gerrard had a terrific team behind him Ross Wilson with uh, regard to recruitment Michael Beale with regard to the, the training of players It was there to help Stephen Gerrard And now three seasons into it He's achieved what he was brought here to do And that was to win the league Time flies when you're having fun mm. That's us I think Thank you to John in Bishop Briggs The young chap Chris Buck Saturdays with no football You take it, get the feet up 
I'll try and get my feet up um, it allows it, If my wife allows me to do that um, I've got a lot I've got a lot of uni work ahead of me I'm not going to lie So I've got a lot of written reports to how, do How is the uni work going? Just remind us of what, what that's involved Yeah so what it is Is just that I'm doing a course in the Applied Management and Football Through the SFA Which is excellent from them To, to deliver that I'm loving every single second of it So it finishes at the end of the month um, And then I'll look to go forward from there Send it to Hugh He'll proofread it for you yeah. he'll, he'll correct any typos I'll be your, I'll be your school teacher Yeah That D- sounds nice The actually. spelling and grammar Can you do it for me actually <laughs> don't, I, don't, don't ask him for his football insight But the spelling and grammar He'll look <laughs> after you Thank you Hugh Keevans uh, And Chris Burke That was quick wasn't it I was surprised oh, was. there When I it's looked good. up uh, And so then Chris Great to have you Hugh We will see you soon No doubt uh, No top flight action Of course tomorrow there's no shortage of talking points in Scottish football I just wonder how Hearts will get on It's been quite a week for them Gone out the cup to Brorup We'll keep a close eye on them tomorrow And tomorrow will just be a chance to recap everything We'll hear again from the Scotland camp We'll preview the Israel game And we'll have all the usual nonsense that a Saturday afternoon throws up here on Clyde One Super Scoreboard So make sure you join us from 2 o'clock Right through to 6 We'll have the open line as well And in the meantime You might as well stay right there GBX Friday is up next